0: Everyone, welcome to the AMM Podcast. I'm Andrew Michael Metter. I'm here with Ethan Martin. Hello. We're going to jump right into it. So we're going to talk about some future of science ideas. Okay. And what's cool is that you're an excellent guitar player. Thank you. And there's a lot of technology and music that I feel like gets looked over.
1: Yes, I can agree with that.
0: I mean, between shoegazer pedal playing guitar players mm-hmm. to the recording mm-hmm. side of things, which we both connect through. Yeah. So I want to frame it in this way, and then we can just jump into it and okay. talk about and explore these ideas. So something I think about a lot is the future of biomechanical technology, like cyborg adaptations for humanity. Okay. And <laughs> This is great. <laughs> All right, let's go. And so just like our eyes are physical devices that allow us to perceive light, right? And they're tuned to specific frequencies. Like we can see invisible light, but radio waves are light. Infrared, ultraviolet, x-ray, gamma rays are all light, Mm -hmm. but we can't see them. Just like the human ear is tuned to, like the average hearing is 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. So we can't hear below or above that. And then you think about... Like, what does that mean for audio engineers? Like, there's, a, there's actually a, like, mechanical nature to our hearing that d- is degraded
1: right. over time.
0: Right. And some, some people have a greater ability to hear and listen to things. And it's like that with all of our senses. So imagine our tongues being tuned with specific mechanical devices to taste.
1: that's creepy man (laughs) (laughs) that is it's creepy to think about
0: and so like imagine just like light there's all these different spectrums of light that we can't see we know they exist Uh like we can perceive radio waves with an an antenna to pick up a radio wave and then we can hear it Mm -hmm. like we can hear light just imagine a biomechanical tongue that can taste new flavors.
1: You're blowing my mind. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm imagining, but, you know, I've thought about that kind of thing before, and not so much in the biomechanical part, but like uh, colors that, like the thought of a of a new color or the thought of just something that yeah. absolute to humanity being added to changed whatever it's a pretty uh, in my opinion it's kind of terrifying but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing it's just scary to think about like if they came out one day and they were like we have a new color in the rainbow it'd be like
0: mm-hmm. oh shit
1: <laughs> you know i mean that <laughs> i would be a little freaked out i'd probably have to go to the woods for a few days and just kind of like
0: think, we're genetically modifying rainbows yeah and now yeah. they were all have this new color
1: yeah maybe the flat earthers had it right after all <laughs> i don't know
0: oh man i just feel like if we got to that point <laughs> the corporations and the sponsors like you would look up in the sky and see like this new deluxe rainbow brought to you by nabisco, <laughs>
1: nabisco. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by uh uh <laughs> soyuz yeah soyuz yeah <laughs> this new russian russian rainbow oh man that's creepy to think about um do I think that that type of thing is possible? Absolutely, I'm sure. You know, if if the world lasts that long, I would think that we'll get there. You know, um, I'm sure there's people out there that would say that sort of thing isn't as far as a, a far off as you would think. I don't know, um, like the uh, the smart wallpaper, for example. Have you ever heard anybody talk about that? No, I um, haven't. Like, where, where um, they, they say that in the future, you will be able to, like, your wallpaper will be, your walls will be your smart device.
0: Oh, you it'll be, like, like, dynamic. Yeah, and you can, like, be an dinner with your
1: family across the world in the same room with them. And you'll be able to, like, virtually interact with this wallpaper to change the wall colors and to watch whatever you want on the the TV that is your wall. Yeah. Or whatever. You know what I mean? And yeah. that that kind of thing is to me a, a very small drop in the bucket that is kinda of what you're talking about where those are the things that it starts to lead to, you know, the more and more that we as humans interact with AI and find ways to integrate next thing you know that wallpaper becomes like a pair of eyeglasses which then becomes a contact lens which then becomes an ocular implant which mm-hmm. there you go now you've officially crossed yeah. the line you've so. you've officially done that you know and it's it doesn't seem that far away you know that scares the hell out of me personally but,
0: yeah like yeah. i've been um over the last couple of years, I've been working on a short story or like a novella that's kind of Black Mirror-ish. Oh, okay. That yeah. pertains to like bionic eyeballs. Okay. So the idea is like eventually camera technology is going to eclipse the threshold of human vision. Right. To a point where the average human being could be looking at something that's filmed in, let's say, 50K. Mm-hmm. But that's more defined than our eyes are able to see. Right. So at some point, human vision resolution is just capped.
1: Yeah, and I feel the same way with sound. I feel the same yep. way with anything that is being. Um, I don't know what you'd call it. Transmitted in the form of bits, in order or samples, in order to replicate reality. You mm-hmm. know. And then there's, I think, the whole side of it where you think to yourself, um, there's always going to be the digital space between each sample, right? No matter how many samples you can squeeze into a space and it gets smaller and smaller and the space that those bits go into is smaller and smaller and you can get more and more into smaller and smaller spaces... There's always going to be that like digital separation between those things. So like, is it ever going to actually even reach reality? Who's to even say right. just because you have bigger, more, does not even mean that it's necessarily better. It's going because to, our it,
0: perceptions are so crude.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's still going to be digitalized. Like there's still going to be a flaw, even though it's better than we as humans can see it or whatever. I don't know. Like, I guess I've always thought telefunkins can hear better than my ears can. So it doesn't seem that far off. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's what's interesting because microphones are artificial ears.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They're transducers and they, they are literally just picking up electricity and, Mm -hmm. you know, changing that into, um, well, the interface then changes that into ones and zeros, but um, until it turns into ones and zeros, it's just electronic, I guess, flux, or I don't know. But um, it's pretty fascinating to think that uh, you can color the way something sounds so dramatically, So
0: we've got upgrades, like I've got a buddy who, it was like 10 years ago, he uh, had a cochlear implant.
1: Oh wow, yeah, okay.
0: And so he was up for this like free upgrade, and so he got it entirely internal, and it was Bluetooth. (laughs) Oh, whoa. So he could listen to music from inside his skull.
1: There you go. That's it.
0: And no one else could hear it. Yeah. And he could answer phone calls. And so he could have a conversation. Like, it's bad enough when you're someplace and someone's talking in Bluetooth and you can't see it. And then you see them turn. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. jokes yeah, like, on me. But it's like, he doesn't even himself. have that. He's just talking to himself. Wow. Because it's Bluetooth connected to the inside of his head. Man. And so I think about, like, as gearheads as recording engineers, imagine being able to upgrade your ears to different mic diaphragms.
1: <laughs> that's, that's extra. That's crazy. And
0: being like, it's totally a, I don't want to say it's a money grab, but it's like, you know, we have in-app purchases. We're just bringing in-app purchases to the real world yeah, with yeah. these biomechanical upgrades. Absolutely. So imagine being able to EQ your environment.
1: Which you sort of can. With the, like your fancy, earplugs that you, yeah, used to wear at rehearsal. But I get what you're. <laughs> I get where you're heading with this. Like, um, and, and further to that point, imagine being able to, um, not just EQ it, but like color it. Yep. Like color it vinyl. Color it, analog. Color it digital.
0: Yeah, you know? like throw a Kramer tape plug in. Yeah. Imagine on your morning.
1: Imagine being able to send that to tape. Like what you hear. So like
0: Yeah, like literally in, instead you're, of
1: having to set up a mic to track, you could
0: just Your head becomes yeah, the microphone because your only ears work, are.
1: You know, to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, that's pretty crazy to think about. Like if if I was to think, um, I want to stand in front of this person and I want them to sing and I want to capture their voice as I hear it and record that to Pro Tools. So you pro you hit play on your ears or whatever and listen to them singing and you can react to their singing like human reaction. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild.
0: Like, I was just be- thinking of someone... <laughs> like, instead of singing into a mic on a stand, you're just singing into a person. Yeah, like... And, like, making eye contact. (laughs) Well, you've
1: seen the... uh, You've seen the Neumann mic that looks like a head. Yeah. Or whatever. Just (laughs) picture it in its underwear, man. You know? (laughs) Uh, No, that would be crazy. That, That kind of stuff, I... I feel like it's you know the the fun the fun aspects of those concepts they're fun to throw around but like the more down to earth idea of those things is not that far away you know i think that those kinds of things are just around the corner mm-hmm. and in a way <clears throat> it sort of takes the fun out of it for me i like i like microphones and cables and preamps i mean you know you know me i like soundboards and i like uh if i was into photography, I would imagine that I would eventually find myself shooting some sort of analog camera. You know, once I learned Mm -hmm. what I was actually doing, I don't know enough about it, but I would imagine that that would be where my personality would gravitate for that sort of thing. So the old fashioned artist in me will always be, um, apprehensive about technological developments in Mm. our crafts as uh, artists, both in the analog world of being an artist and in the digital world of being an artist, you know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah. Even with all the digital technology, I still would choose an analog recording medium any day before I would choose a digital, you know, so... That's just me. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Dumb. But I think that's, that's where it's heading, whether people like me like it or not. You know?
0: There's so much. I mean, there is so much consumer novelty equipment mm-hmm. that's taking, quote, you know, breakthroughs. and
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and
0: like, marketing.
1: And it'll be gone next year. <sighs> next month, it's just bypassed, upgraded, you know. Every time a gen mm-hmm. one comes out, I'm like, well, I'm at least gonna wait till the damn gen four comes out, because who knows what's gonna happen with the thing. You yeah. Know? Um and that could be any kind of product, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and what's sad is is um once you cross into the the other side of the glass, so to speak, where you start to be um you be, you're on the teams that facilitate th- what it takes to bring art from its ideal stages into being like in the hands of the public, right? You realize that that stuff is planned. Like they know that the generation one, whatever new device is, is going to have bugs And that there's going to be a Gen 2 and all the people that buy the Gen 1 are going to turn around and they're going to buy the Gen 2. You know? And so they have people eating out of the palm of their hand with um, predisposed limitations. Is that what you would call it? I don't know. Like, um, Mm. does that sound crazy? I, I don't think it's crazy. To me, it just seems like why wouldn't a company sandbag its technology to the public in order to prolong the timeline in which it can make money off of that product. For
0: the sake of, like, shining up the next one. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, I mean, this thing operates at this speed. But we've had the technology to operate at speeds ten times faster for a decade. That's what our facility runs off of. You know what I mean? But we're not going to sell that to you, unless you want to pay top dollar or whatever. And that, to me, is... That's... Also why I think um, that it's all going to happen really quick. The types of things you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, the the lines getting blurred between AI and what's actually human. The robots are coming for us, man.
0: (laughs) When I think about it, what's stopping us is the interface issue. It's the interface between the electrical and the organic yeah so like with the ears with the eyeballs how is it going to interface with our brain because it's a totally different set of rules I mean we have to have an interface for electronic electronic with mics and our computer right like even that has a middleman there's a scientist at MIT who's dreaming big about this and I think the story is he lost his leg And he created a bionic limb that's responsive to his nerve endings.
1: Oh, so he, like, everything short of wants to be able to feel his leg there or whatever. And there's,
0: like, ankle response with it. It's intuitive with the motion of his nerves and his leg, you know, at his knee. And he talks about, you know, imagine the human race having wings and like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want that tail we were talking about. <laughs> uh, and then, and then comes it comes down to like, so you got some serious choices to make. Is it like a monkey tail? Is it a kangaroo tail? Is it like a bushy koala tail? Like, I don't know. Is it like a hippo tail? You know, could be anything, could be anything.
0: Yeah, I mean we were talking about fashion earlier. Imagine the options when you're now you've got to pick a tail when <laughs> yes. you go out, too.
1: Which jungle cat am I going to be today? I have to know. I saw a leopard tail on sale at Macy's. I'm
0: just joking. <laughs> I don't even
1: <laughs> Oh man. Yeah.
0: So yeah, the interface issue and I think with I think the um, the eye like the bionic eye would be the most appealing to the average person Mm -hmm. and here's where I see it going so this is where it gets into the like that black mirror Mm -hmm. sort of narrative where so you've got an eye imagine now that classism is being amplified and it's being exaggerated because now in society like instead of going to IMAX you can go to this 26K movie, where instead of giving you glasses, they give you these bionic eyeballs to Mm -hmm. put in so you can see the detail in 26K, 50K. Yeah. Whereas the average person, let's just say human vision is limited at like 20K.
1: Which how they even know... Right, no that, one really knows that.
0: Right. I actually sat down and tried to figure it out and it's just so complex.
1: Right, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I don't even know where you would start with something like that.
0: Then, like imagine social media apps in your vision. And there's plenty of shows that explore this, mm-hmm. but like live streaming your vision, like that's the new that's the new celebrity because they have these people and they're live streaming their life. And from the beginning of their day when they wake up yeah, to the end the of the day, yeah. their entire life is streamed but also produced. Right. When they're sitting at the table, you're surrounded by a team of people. That is making sure that your cereal box is facing the right direction when you're looking at it so the branding manager is happy. And people are, you know, you've got these conversations and interactions and, you know, people are planning scary, spooky, silly things throughout the day to Mm -hmm. keep their viewers engaged. And imagine the life of that person.
1: It's not. It wouldn't even be alive. And then, okay, imagine um, further, you're tuned in to this stream, right? The stream is implanted into your body surgically, right? I mean, like, you have bionic fucking eyes, okay? (laughs) Right. And then that little fucking ad pops up in the corner, and you're like, whoa, wait, what is that? And it's like, advertising, bitches? (laughs) and you can't just turn it off now it's in your fucking eyes it's right, just in there like right just look up into the left yeah, for the rest of the day yeah and then and then you really are into some black mirror shit because they charge you to be able to like close your eyes and see <laughs> not anything you know I I, I I can't shoot me now man that's i'm good i'm good if that's what Uncle Sam's end game is, then <laughs> I'm going to the woods, you know. But that's um that's where I always see that going. I can't help but feel like um as much as we all love working, as much as we all love making money, things like that are just totally fueled by capitalism and I feel like the end game is always going to be like, how can we make money on advertising? How can we make money on advertising? Like, mm-hmm. And then the second enough people have subscribed to this new method of viewing or whatever, it's done. Yeah, It's done. If it's your ears, all of a sudden an ad pops up in your ears like it was the radio. If it's your eyes, all of a sudden that little thing will print across the quote unquote screen, which isn't a screen, it's your thoughts, which is totally mm. fucked. And it'll say, whatever it's advertising. And it's something you don't care about at all, or something that some algorithm has assumed you care about. And there's nothing you can do. And it's done you have surgically put that in yourself, you know, Um that is the point at which this guy punches in on the old time clock right there <laughs> yeah i'm good i'm good man
0: That's... so remember we are talking about the the moon episode a little bit ago
1: oh yeah
0: and like there are people like china wants to put artificial moons up into the sky but like i imagine if if someone was able to like take ownership of the moon i mean there's a space treaty which says no one's you know the moon is no one's like national land it's open, right. it's human land or like it's not even human moon. land yeah, it's like no, it's, it's the, the universe it's
1: it's a hunk of space right like
0: imagine looking up at the moon and you see the coke logo oh man like, imagine, like, advertising getting to that extent. It's like, I don't want to see that. I don't even. I don't want to live in that type of world. Right. Or,
1: like, the Coca-Cola star floating around up there. Like, come on. Get out of here. I'm good. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm, or, or, yeah.
0: Yeah, but the closer we get to these, like, biomechanical, I don't know, adaptations, these implants... Mm-hmm. Like, all all of that is going to seep in. And I feel like we have enough science fiction and ingenuity and creativity to be able to explore these things before that happens. Mm-hmm. But do any of these corporations really have accountability so we can prevent these things? Or do we have to explore these things as some great experiment?
1: I would go as far as to say that they're... If there's accountability, I don't know I don't, I, I don't know who's holding who accountable. You know what I'm saying. That seems to mm-hmm. me like um money is the final accountability for everything, you know, unfortunately, but um I don't know um, i don't I don't what was the second half of the question again? There was the accountability.
0: Yeah, so basically, like, with things like Facebook even, before Facebook existed, uh-huh. that was like a social experiment. Oh, like, yeah, oh, that's what it was. Experiment. No, yeah, we're just going to do this. Here's this product.
1: I would like to think that we've learned from things like what happened with social media, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say that we don't probably don't care, you know, the people who are the real the bean counters but if they you know if they uh, I mean you know if, if they if they do it like that again and it goes to some kind of astronomical level it just goes to show that they used social media to create another formula as opposed to using social media as an example of which types of formulas to avoid you mm-hmm. know and and that's how I feel about it um do I think that it's something like that would most likely turn into a social or, or come about as a social experiment yeah because people can do what they want you know so that just is what it is um do I do I agree with that the people that would be doing that in my opinion um really have no business inside someone's head, you know, which ultimately that's what, that's what you're doing. If you're implanting something into someone's eyes, someone's ears, someone's brain or whatever, and it like has internet access, I mean, you're, (laughs) you're in their fucking head. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's no longer just for medical advancement or I know that I personally,
0: like something that's enabling versus something that's, yeah, like, like if, a if, novelty, basically. Yeah,
1: you know, if you if you are getting glasses, if you want contacts or ocular implants just for basic sight, right? You're not legally blind or anything like that, mm-hmm. and then you just decide you want internet access in your ocular implants. In my opinion, that is a leisure. Or not leisure, but that's... A, yeah, like you said, novelty, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um...
0: I mean, it's like it's like walking around with a smartphone. Exactly. Like, are smartphones a human right?
1: I- exactly. So, uh... <laughs> so, it's, it's like when I think of it like that, I think, me personally, I want nothing to do with that. I don't want radio waves to be able to access the inner workings of my brain. That doesn't sound... Anything short of totally creepy, Mm -hmm. you know? Um,
0: So I think what we need to do is we need to judiciously legislate these things proactively.
1: I think that starts with things, little things like data rights, you know? Uh Like just humans having the right to their own free-floating information that they're not even aware of that's out there. You know, yeah, and, and each person having the right to their own file or whatever it would be of information pertaining to their personal lives that's been gathered by all these major corporations like Google and.
0: I mean, so imagine like the basic framework that we have is a free service with ads, or you pay mm-hmm. and get no ads. So imagine like the ocular implant. And you're browsing the internet and your visual interface that's laid over the real world. Like the actual analog photons that are coming into your eyes. And you can pay for a service that doesn't have ads.
1: That's that's horrible to think about. (laughs) Doesn't it freak you out to think about? Like to think like... You have to pay. You've seen the Black Mirror episode where they where they ride bikes for credits. Oh yeah, and then yeah. And the credits go to not having porn advertisements, right? Mm-hmm. To, bef- when they're trying to go to bed, like, can you imagine closing your eyes and having to pay yearly to be able to like just see black or darkness when you close your eyes to be able to go to sleep and not close your eyes? Yeah, and that's see, terrifying like, to Pepsi. think that
0: you like a. That's a basic human necessity: is sleep and yeah, rest.
1: Absolutely, and and to think that, you know, that type of control could mm-hmm. be asserted over your person is um, well. That's some George Orwell shit right there. I just can't handle it. I you know.
0: I I feel lot. very passionately about this mm-hmm. because I like with exploring dinosaurs being remade. Right, several headlines throughout the years, people trying to take, you know, amber DNA that was found and turn it into a viable dinosaur. And everyone, like the public outcry is generally, yeah, well, have you seen Jurassic Park? Look how that ended up. <laughs> and it's like, okay, like I, I squirm when I hear people say that because I, I think most of the time they're being genuine and serious. Right. That a science fiction idea would play out in reality, like it's science fiction. It has a like certain set of predicated elements for story and narrative. Yeah, that are used to engage you. But I guess I just wanted to say I hate it when people say that. <laughs> Let it be noted. I really dislike it. Be like, yeah. oh, have you seen this? And it's like, that's not an argument. Like, that's not a reason. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that can't be why you don't think that we should create dinosaurs.
0: (laughs) Anyways, I think that just because a Black Mirror episode exists, like, that shouldn't be... Like, we shouldn't name the legislation after that episode. Right. We shouldn't, like, format off of those things. We should explore those things using, you know, psychoanalysis, lots of different scientific methods Mm -hmm. that have been vetted. But... At the end of the day, I do think things like disru- like anything that is disrupting your autonomy, yeah, like I can, not, I can see a billboard there and not look at it, exactly. but if something is within my
1: Yeah, if it's stuck like in your vision, visual plane,
0: I think that's criminal. Yeah, I really yeah, believe it's that's criminal, and it is of human rights. Like, to some degree, even evil. Yeah. Even if you are, like, gullible or naive, and you're like, I don't see a problem with it. So here's, here's what I want to ask you. Okay. The government has seatbelt laws <laughs> to protect us. Yes. Does the government have a responsibility to legislate these things and protect us from these things in the private sector?
1: Yes, absolutely, because it is, I mean, I'm not sitting here saying like bionic eyes are the way of the world, but like, you know, like technology, <laughs> yeah, technology though in general is the, the way of the world now, and um, with technology being, being that it's moving so fast, Um, so much so fast in in this time period I think that it's leaving a lot of gray area that the people who are aware of that gray area have just been kind of letting it slide because no one else really notices but now people are making noise and I think it's really important because I mean I don't know about you I would assume I know that you don't want Google to know your daily life and your daily activities and everything, but I I, I definitely don't want that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think that there's a big responsibility for people to, there's a big responsibility for people to, in the the general public, to become aware that this is a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's an equally big responsibility, if not astronomically larger responsibility on the powers that be to give people their next generation of human rights. Which Mm -hmm. is basically the right to your data, the right to have privacy on the internet the same way you would have privacy if it's a if it's a felony for someone to open my letter, my junk mail from JC fucking Penny or whatever the fuck, then it should be a felony for someone to be able to tell me what I searched on the internet when I was Christmas shopping mm-hmm. for people. But or, even you know
0: even more so, like tracking when you're in a car and yeah, when you're walking, that's absolutely. not even online, yeah, it
1: has nothing to do with anything. That and is your reality, yeah, and, and like it should be it should be absolutely illegal, you know, um, at least for that to be accessed for any reason other than an emergency situation that is then authorized by the owner of that information, you mm-hmm. know um, but. There's another part of me that just thinks that uh we're too deep for that now what is it that um the social dilemma everybody's talking about it the the Netflix yeah, I haven't seen
0: it, but that guy I've said, heard of
1: it. and you know I don't know numbers, so i don't but that guy said that there's some seventy something thousand data points on every human being in the technological world or whatever. I mean, that means that you and me, you know, on average, Google has 70,000 things, individual things that they think they know about us. Even with... I don't know 70,000 things. <laughs> what the fuck is
0: that? Well, you, you know, know every, every fret on the guitar, I mean, that's a couple, yes. and then... Shit. Yes, and then every
1: fret on my bass... Don't forget that, and then there's every piano key. That's at least a you know couple hundred, couple hundred things. Yeah, you know, I know two plus two. I know uh, hop on pop, and uh, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. But yeah, so, so that- I was
0: watching this documentary about Tinder. Okay. And I've I've never used the Tinder app. Same. Never downloaded it. Happily married. Cheers, mate. And um, this documentary was exposing, like, Tinder goes deep. This woman in France printed off her history. She got it when she found out. And it was just, like, pages and pages and pages and pages of, like, insignificant, meaningless data. Mm -hmm. But also, like, very personal Mm -hmm. things. Just from an app like Tinder, you think, oh, yeah, this is just for dating or you know, people use it for whatever. No, everything is like that. That's
1: crazy, man. Um, it doesn't surprise me, but it's it's nuts. Um, and don't even get me started on, like, thinking to myself, like, okay, you know, you have a very nice... I just admired your Guild guitar over yeah. here and played it. Bet, bet me a dollar I don't see a reverb ad for a guild acoustic guitar i have two by the way reverb if you're listening on my phone so don't advertise me one i don't need a third one but still like i'm just saying i'd be damned if if i don't get an acoustic guitar ad you know or yeah yeah an ad for a soyuz russian module you know (laughs) Uh, yes we all need a soyuz module but
0: the algorithm uh, gets cracked and you start getting Russian spaceship ads. Yeah, instead. right,
1: right. You know, <laughs> yeah, fly to Russia, become a spaceman. But um, it's that it's that damn old troll farm in St. Petersburg, man, I'll tell you what. No, have you heard about that? The, troll farm? Yeah, yeah, they... they
0: the, you mean like internet troll or yeah, like yeah, genetic no. <laughs> mutation?
1: <laughs> yes, they. they uncovered a... A uh, what do we do? a hive of trolls. <laughs> a, uh, they uncovered a, a hive of trolls, a an underground metropolis of of trolls in Russia. Um, but yeah, so um, I, I digress. I forgot what we. Were Is it like about. one
0: of those like I always joke about, like cell phone farms? Someone's got like a New York apartment with 50,000 iPhones that are all streaming the same song and people pay them to like up their (coughs) streaming values. It's It's like a troll farm, like Russian
1: bots. Well, no, I think it's actually like teams of people who create fake news and, and mass flood American social media with fake news so that no one knows what the fuck's going on. And then so everybody's like, I hear that motherfucker, you know? Punched somebody in the face, you know, or, what? you know, like, you know, like, I Harry Pepper sprayed 10,000 people in Vermont, you know, and it, or, I'm just kidding. I'm making like ridiculous extremes, but little bitty nuances of like, like proba- oh, yeah. propaganda and but, things. But and it's, probab- just it's probably and the so opposite, much...
0: like good things happening. Yes. Like trolling and creating fake, yes. like positive things in probably both sides of political polarity. Totally.
1: And they, and they target people who ha- do not have an opinion, like people who are not public about their opinion, mm-hmm. right? And they try to turn you to one direction or the other, and the whole thing is uh, apparently, like, the whole idea is so much fake media that you can't even sift through it to find what's real. Um, and you have to fact check mm-hmm. and... Uh, it's I always, pretty wild to think about.
0: I always picture it like this: like instead of being drawn towards the center, towards each other. Yeah. There's so much media that's like, oh, let me put this morsel farther away. So you you turn your back to one another and you're walking further away mm-hmm. from this, you know, unity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Feel it's good unity, for but, separation. But like you're walking further towards this tribal monolithic mentality... Yeah. And you start to identify more and more with it. I could definitely see that happening.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I I think at any basic level in history, if you want to fuck with a society, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the kind of thing you do. Um, Lies and deceit, really. You know, so... um, That's why I, I hate that my career has to I hate that one of the unspoken requirements of a career in the entertainment world is the like necessity for social media presence yep and not just any like high quality social media presence you know people want your numbers to be high they want to be able to see proof of your career just by scrolling through your media and links to all your stuff and contact info Mm. and what are you involved in and who are you and and it's kind of like
0: and who are you connected with yeah
1: and it's just kind of like man you know i uh i hate that because if it weren't for that i wouldn't be connected to any of it i wouldn't want anything to do with it and i go in and out of these bursts where it's like oh man I, i miss playing gigs i gotta pump my social media numbers back up so that it grabs the I can send this video to someone and show them that it got attention and get a gig and it's like since when could you not like just walk in not walk in but since when was like the quality of the art when did it when the when did the quality of the art stop being the thing that is focused on you know what I'm saying oh man and and it's it all goes back to um it all being refocused and on digital formats, and digital platforms, and enhancements, and...
0: And it's all so, it's so visual. A conversation I love having with people is, you know, artists put so much into their appearance. Right. I feel like it's it's tempting to put so much into your visuals and your appearance at the expense of the quality of your music. Totally. And your songwriting, and what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And it, But it's like, in social media, half the people are scrolling through with the sound off anyways. So exactly. the sound doesn't matter, it's just the appearance.
1: Exactly. And, and it's sad, you know, um, and it's definitely creating a gap between artist and listener and also a gap between like reality and fucking fiction, I guess. I don't know what you call (laughs) it. Virtual reality. I mean, it's like augmented
0: reality. And I mean, I realize
1: we're in a pandemic, but if you take, if you take that detail, I would still have been saying the same thing in 2019 is like, when's the last time you went to the show or like, when's the last time you experienced it not on the internet or not streaming it from your phone? you know mm-hmm. um, and I encourage I understand that we're in a pandemic you know despite despite that you know I do encourage to still you know I encourage people to still seek the human form of the art they love you know what is it in its most human form sure you can't go to an art gallery right now I get it but <clears throat> maybe research the artist Just find something human about it Mm. and learn about it and stay connected to what it is more than just what it is on your phone you know what i'm saying and stay connected to your art you know like buy a record player listen to a record listen to a uh an eight track not an eight track a a cassette you know like there are kids who don't even a cassette they're like a cassette and you're like dude I don't know it's it's tape it's reel to reel it sounds good put it in <laughs> I promise you won't be disappointed you know um, and then when, when the time comes back I encourage people to get out there and experience in person mm. whatever it is I'm not saying go I'm not over here like go to live shows support local you know like that's not <laughs> what I'm saying I'm saying like get your ass out there buy tickets to shit go see Whatever it is you want to see. Live music you know?
0: is so magical. It is. Like,
1: absolutely. I mean...
0: To go somewhere and to see animals of the same species. hmm I
1: mean, do, creating do you... Creating uh, and playing uh, live. We were front row at the Whalers. Yeah. It was an amazing experience. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... You can't... The magic of that evening... It's
0: amazing to be on stage, and it's amazing to be in the audience.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, certain moments from my life uh on both sides of that absolutely compete with each other for you know and we all have great moments playing and highlights of our careers you know on stage and stuff but still definitely been to some live performances that were worth every penny worth every inch of the drive it took to get there all the waiting all you know the sweat that you you know you're sweaty you know how shows are they're gross they're disgusting half the time but they're great that's what they're supposed to be like it's a show it's grimy you know but um yeah to to get back to what i was the point of what i was saying is just i encourage people to find ways to be human about it you know and find ways to dig into history because it's getting snuffed out. I don't know if you noticed this, but they're changing the songs on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Have you noticed this? Like, like, or they're cutting songs. Like, these old cartoons, they took Charlie Brown off the fucking, the Charlie Brown Halloween got taken off the fucking shelves. I don't, you don't even have to include all this if you don't want to, but like, I'm just saying, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like, they Apple TV bought Charlie Brown. Apple bought the rights of Charlie Brown. And now they don't show it on TV anymore. And they took it off the shelves. If you want if you now want to access Charlie Brown, it's selling for about a hundred and thirty dollars a copy on eBay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Charlie fucking Brown. Or if you like, like, if you want to. Um,
0: or you can get these Microsoft ocular implants. Yeah. and it comes with your and the, or like
1: <laughs> like or like the old the original Rudolph. Like they're cha- they cut some of the songs out of it, you know. Or like if you watch the Andy Griffith show, they're cutting pieces out. Of, like just all these, I use these things because they're just like classics that still make mm-hmm. it onto TV, you know. And Christmas movies are a big part of that, you know. what I, I mean.
0: Imagine them remixing old musicals, like The Sound of Music, but with, like, a tra- a trap. Oh, my gosh.
1: Like, I can't... A I trap can't sensibility, around like, like around putting
0: it. hi-hats and, and yeah. bass in every song.
1: It sucks, because, you know, <laughs> the digitally remastered copies of, like, Beatles stuff will come out. and That's cool, I get it. You want it to sound like what they would have... If they were creating that music in this time, like, they would be doing the full spread. But isn't it cool to kind of hear excuse me, it with like the the best they had at the time. Like, that was what they had at the time. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's... I
0: mean, imagine if they did that with books.
1: Right. It
0: I was like, oh, you can't, like, you can't have access to this knowledge. This right, information. Right, right.
1: We're going to... And, and, and you know what? Who's to say they don't? Honestly, that's kind of creepy or, or whatever. And like, conspiracy theorists a little bit, but... It, that's how Korea happened, you know, and I'm saying, or North Korea, I guess, you know, but like mm-hmm. they, they change history by changing the information that people are given, you know, um, or, or just take parts of history out and not, not that I think like making edits to Rudolph is going to ruin the course of the world. But I, I think conceptually changing art is a big deal, especially when it's not biased in any direction. It's like, literally, you just like hacked this thing you're still showing it on TV. You didn't, you didn't deem it, you know, you didn't put it on a cannon somewhere or whatever. Like you didn't deem it not viewable by the public. You just botched it and then showed it to them. Like, what's the point? Why? I just don't understand. You know, I don't know why that's happening.
0: I think about the conversation with, like, access to the internet and how having to pay per Google search. Like, imagine how that would change the world.
1: Oh, man. It would be, um... Well, things would certainly be tighter. It wouldn't be as easy to access information.
0: It would like fundamentally change how you use the internet totally because I do so much like just looking up random stuff I'll look up something on YouTube like how do you EQ this the best or you know mixing techniques and then it's like oh I gotta pay oh like now all of a sudden I'm not as interested in learning those things right because of the expense that it comes
1: and on top of that you know well, it, the other side of me wonders is, like, would they be willing to sacrifice the data they collect on you? You see, to me, that is the response to, oh, you want your rights to your data? Cool. You now have to pay a penny per Google search or whatever.
0: Right. Imagine, like, your rights becoming, like, the masters. Right. Like, the master recording yeah. that a label has, uh, is and what that, your data and then is are they,
1: And then are they, like, are they your rights at that point? Because you're fucking buying them, you know? Like, they're officially for sale to you. And it's like, well, that's not my right. That doesn't make it my human right. That, that means you stole my shit, and now you're trying to sell it back to me.
0: Right, this is like, like a know? rights remix.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this isn't the fucking trailer park, boys. Like, you can't. You can't do that, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh hope I don't get sued. I, I love the trailer park <laughs> boys and they're they're awesome. But um yeah. Um so I don't know. I, I think um uh, I think about that kind of stuff a lot. Um I don't talk about it a lot because ultimately I think uh in the right or wrong company you start talking about robots and how the shit, you know, like you, you tell the wrong person robots are taken over and then your relationship with that person <laughs> just isn't the same from that point forward. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, you're one of those fucking guys, you know, fucking flat earther or whatever. But, uh, um, which I'm not a flat earther. I, I do not. I believe in a round earth and I believe the moon is real, not a projection. But...
0: That makes me think we are playing some gig... And I was just talking, op- like we were in a food line or something. And I was talking openly about how I just can't get over how Gorou in Mortal Kombat had four arms but only one set of pecs, and there's no way that his bottom arms could work because he didn't have a set of pecs beneath them to anchor his arms. So it's just I think useless. You can't remember that
1: conversation, dude. And like <laughs> you dude, you you get people like they're so. They're so taken, you know, they're like, wait, wait, what? Like, like, that's what you have to say to me? You're like, look, you know, I am who I am. I'm I like, noticed... this
0: bothers me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Riders in Mortal Kombat. Serious plot hole, fellas. Okay. I don't know which one of you guys doesn't know about the human body, but <laughs> this dude can't have hip arms. It doesn't work. <laughs> that's funny. And so yeah, it's
0: like you out yourself.
1: Yeah. Like.
0: But that's that's another thing like so many people are like trying to fit in and be cool instead of just like being comfortable in yourself. Yeah. And like I get there's like there are filters that you should socially exercise. Like maturity oh, absolutely. and other things. Absolutely. But like
1: yeah, be yourself kids. You know? <laughs> be yourself. It's important, I think.
0: Uh It's like life is not a business meeting. No. Like it's life not. is not an audition.
1: No. No. You're here and there's not much you can do about it. You didn't have to really audition to get here. Like, you know, none of us chose that, so it just is what it is. I think um being being yourself, leaning into who you are is a big is a big deal, I think that um I figured that out when I moved to Nashville to learn to record music, you know, I I went up there and um, I was surrounded by people who had found themselves. And Mm. they just did it. They were just doing it, you know, and um, moved back here and continued to be surrounded with people who, you know, they mentor you and you you follow in their footsteps or whatever, but ultimately what you realize is, like, each one of these people is confident in who they are, you know? And what there is to learn from that is, like, if I can gain that same sort of... It is learned confidence, in my opinion. You know, like, some people have that natural energy or whatever, Mm. and, and not all personality types are open to, like, learning confidence, but if you can just learn to... Be comfortable in your own shoes, you know. Um, I think that that's when doors start to open, and it sounds really cliche, but it is a cliche. <laughs> I mean, cliches are cliche because I guess they've happened to enough people to be mentioned enough times mm-hmm. to be called cliches. So,
0: I mean, in Jurassic but, Park, doors opened for them when they yeah, started being absolutely, confident, and they so. got
1: mauled by T Rexes. So, <laughs> cheers, you know, and. but um, when I started to lean into myself and stop trying so hard to sound like this song I heard or write a song like this guy or do a thing, I don't know, emulate you know what I'm saying? Follow your Mm -hmm. heroes, try to be uh, I find a lot of artists trying to be something that's already happened you know, like, um,
0: Preach. Come...
1: well, I, I don't even mean it like that, but I just mean, cause I mean, I've been guilty before, you know, like Dave Matthews was my hero when I was a kid. Yeah. As Pink Floyd is my favorite band, but as like singer songwriter stuff goes. I love Dave Matthews. And, um, I used to sound, I used to try to sound way too much like mm. Dave Matthews, you know, and like, we're all, guilty and maybe not all of us but I think a lot of us are guilty of something like that at some point um luckily I had mentors to be like hey don't do that you know just do you and it's gonna work out way better and and it did you know um but ultimately uh when I let go of that was when I found my stride Mm -hmm. you know Um, I encourage people to consider that. Do not try to be your hero. Just look up to your hero and learn from your hero. Let them be your hero, not the shadow you live in Mm. for the rest of your career. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because, let's face it, John Mayer is John Mayer, Dave Matthews is Dave Matthews, you know, like anything, everybody, you know, like any, any major person like that, the Beatles are the Beatles, you know, you can have that vibe. And that's cool. But if your sole mission is to be exactly like something else, and then you want that to parallel with the same extreme instant success that that person group artist doesn't even have to be music mm-hmm. had or experienced then I think that ninety nine point nine percent of the time you're setting yourself up for ultimate failure, no matter how successful you get you know like you could sur- i'm not really that successful I don't think like you know i I do it for a living I'm very proud of that and grateful for that, you know, and I love what I do. And I love being able to work for people. But I'm not some award winning, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and you could, I, I, I encourage people to far surpass me in their quote unquote success. But the point is, is if you're still holding your candle against someone else's candle, that's already burning much hotter it doesn't matter where you land on the spectrum, you're never going to feel like you got there, you know? And that is, I think what kicks people in the groin way harder than the actual work or the actual act of making yourself sound proper or figuring out what your visual art lacks or whatever your craft is, you know? Um, idolize people but be you it's a big deal i think
0: yeah like i think there's a big difference between your influences yes and like what you are actually making and creating
1: oh man you know so many people come to the studio and they say uh i'm starting to realize that so and so is my favorite artist but I just really don't sound like them like I thought I did and it's like well that's okay like don't
0: that's gold
1: yeah it's like hey don't beat yourself up just because you don't sound like your favorite singer like it doesn't make it good or bad it just means that you're not a genetic clone of that person (laughs) with their exact thoughts and actions so neither is anybody else congratulations you're on the same playing field as all of us now you know and um, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot before you even get to the starting line if you are basing your entire career off of an image that is not your own. Mm Because if you think about it, you know, conviction on a stage is like going up there and like believing in whatever it is. You know, if you're going to sing a lick, if you're going to take a guitar solo... You know, if you're going to step up and like take a moment, the only way that you can even have a chance of anyone in the, in the, the, the audience to walk away with something from that is if you believed it yourself. Because, I mean, if you don't believe it, mm. how are they going to believe it? They're, you know?
0: Like, you can make the audience so uncomfortable if you're not confident.
1: Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, type thing where it feels like you're watching The Office or something and you're just like, oh, man, what's he going to do now? Like, ah, you know, it couldn't get any worse than the last episode. Uh, Man,
0: oh, it's like ah, when someone goes to play at like an open mic Mm -hmm. and they openly admit, oh, man, I haven't played guitar in like a month. Just hang with me, people. Right I'm like oh no
1: Or they say uh, Or they pull the I I don't like pulling the I'm not any good card You know Or like this song sucks But I'm gonna play it anyway Mm -hmm. Or Sorry for this Or sorry for that You know (laughs) Or like hold on Let me get a beer Any of that stuff Um,
0: Like it It makes me feel Icky Uncomfortable, right. like you said, secondhand embarrassment. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, if this, it's like, what am I? I'm not gonna feel icky if if I'm watching, you know, one of my heroes having a have like playing a show, and they're like having a, uh, they have their little table set up, and there's like a drink there, and they're on their tour, and that's what they do. Like I've seen plenty of people do that, but like getting sloppy at an open mic. And butchering your two songs is not a good idea, in my opinion, you know, and then apologizing for how bad they suck while you're playing them and stuff, like it just doesn't it doesn't put a um a positive foot forward for the image that you're trying to portray to people, mm. you know um, And I'm not trying to sound preachy either. It's just small observations, you know.
0: Well, it's like we both, like one of the other possible topics for this podcast was, you know, like professionalism in the music industry.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's and a big thing. We
0: both care about that. Yeah,
1: deeply. Um, especially here, you know, locally. Uh, I think that our music scene is developing. And I don't, I'm not speaking on behalf of COVID here, you know, like I take the virus seriously. I wear a mask. I think that that's a good thing, you know. But I'm not going to let it kill kill my spirits, you know. And there is still serious growth, um, even just, I don't know, spiritually in the music scene. And I don't mean that from, like mm. like, an organized religion standpoint. I mean, like, the spirit of the artistic community in this town is ever, yeah. ever... Growing ever more fruitful all the time Even though we keep on kind of getting kicked While we're down You know, as is every town um, Losing song words was devastating For me personally, I love that place You know A lot of really unique memories there For me personally um,
0: and, 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 and national and Dare I say global gym
1: Oh snap I mean global Is absolutely how I feel about it. Uh, When that's when that suffered, that was the beginning of that was when we really went to our knees, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think we've kind of been getting kicked while we're down ever since a little bit. Um, But you, you know, I don't know that I noticed that, you know, the schedule at arch stays full and arch being the studio that I work at for the people who are listening who don't actually know um and people are grinding man they're not quitting and they're still collaborating and they're still creating outlets and i mean ben vanderhart's got yellow racket going i mean
0: yeah i'm a huge fan of that
1: you know i mean excellent that, record like, store dude and me and him and met the other day and just hung out and talked a couple few weeks ago and just a good soul man and he believes in it and that's the kind of thing that's gonna persevere you know regardless of uh, the actual outcome of these brick and mortar establishments though I do hope to see them you know remain I think that the people behind these establishments believe in something much more than just a building and that's Mm -hmm. what's gonna keep that's the glue you know arch included in that you know i'd like to think that our team over at that studio we believe in what we're doing not just the building we're in and the knobs that are being turned and the buttons that are being pressed it's like the idea is there as well and it's hugely Mm -hmm. important um it floods over into the live scene it floods over into things like this podcast you know uh it, it it goes across the board um the standard is raising the the bill is raising the attraction to the city is raising mm-hmm. the traffic through the city from major artists is growing um it's only a matter of time uh i do you know and i i feel slightly conflicted cuz you hear people talking about how that gives locals less and less of a chance, you know um, Cause mm-hmm. things are getting more and more diluted, but at the end of the day um I don't know, it seems to me like it's it's just the bar raising, you know, and um
0: like what people used to get by with isn't flying anymore, yeah,
1: it's not enough, and um. I I really don't have anyone specific in my brain when I say that, like in this moment, I'm not even really thinking mm. about anything specifically. I'm just talking, I'm I'm more glossing over a decade of intermingling with people and, and just meeting and shaking hands and trying my own things and passing and failing and making a goober out of myself too. I mean, we've all been there, you know, like we all do things on a stage that are like, ah, you know, Scratch that off the list, this went well, yeah, that not so much, you know, or like this song I'm never gonna play again, or whatever uh, there's so
0: many more things I've scratched off than I've put a check next to absolutely,
1: absolutely, <laughs> and I think that um it's like your ability not ability your the the meth the your response to that is really what mm. creates success um because if you get mad every time somebody is like hey have you thought about this then i don't know what are you going to do when you're in the room with rick rubin or whoever and this guy's expecting like nothing but pure excellence and you you think that because but but you were ready to quit because somebody at the bar told you you needed to work on your singing or something. It's like, well, just take it for what it is, move on, you know? Um, I think, uh, yeah, professionalism is a big deal.
0: I'm really grateful. Like, a lot of the most recent, like, especially during COVID and quarantine, I've really reduced, like, the number of people that come through. Mm Mm-hmm. And the people that I have had come through, I'm just so impressed with, like, their approach to music, taking it seriously. Yeah. Like, I just, I kind of have a general conversation the first time I record with someone and just say, like, one, I feel like something that's really important to say nowadays is, like, listen, there's no funny business here. Like, I'm never going to, like, try and try to, like, hit on you Or, like, do sexual things. Yeah, absolutely. Here, like, this is a professional environment. We're here to work, have fun. That's Mm -hmm. not on the table. Yeah. Like, that's not what this is for. Yeah, absolutely. I've also had people respond and have so many stories where they're, like, relieved when they hear that Mm -hmm. just to clear the air of it. Mm -hmm. And the sessions that follow that are, like, we can be creative, fun, silly, we can share like what we self-identify as stupid quote ideas mm-hmm. that you're like when you get into a recording space. You're like, oh no, I gotta give, I gotta give premium, I gotta give yeah. the most, <clears throat> and it's like it's silly, it's fun, it's childlike, and it's also like the artist responds, and I can press them more, and I can say, uh, let's redo that take. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was that was flat. I could fix it, but I want like. I want us to grow, too, and I want you to nail that. Yeah. So you can be proud of it, and you can say, yeah, I did that right. Yeah, absolutely. And that is such... Like, I treasure those moments. Mm -hmm. Like, those real moments in the studio with someone especially who can, like, take the back and forth.
1: Yeah, the back and forth is important. Um, I have seen so many people get inside their own head about the back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, And... In my position, I mean, you produce music as, as well, and I, you know, I run into it. I've run into it a lot in my career. Um, people are not used, to, or they're not always prepared for you to look at them and be like, hey, this thing. Because <laughs> their whole, everyone they've ever played to has just been like, yeah, sounds great. And hey, you know what? That doesn't mean that they were lying. They may have thought it sounded great. They may have not known that you added a tick in that space, and now you come back in on the two by accident, and you you Mm -hmm. usually to start a tick earlier or whatever. But like, you some sometimes you try to have that conversation and people just malfunction, man, like they just malfunction. And I don't know what it is. I guess I, I've, I've been there, you know. Um, so yeah, PSA on that. If a producer or an engineer that you are paying, paying, you are paying them for their professional opinion, you're paying them for their time, you're paying them to record you, looks at you, and it and in a respectful way gives you constructive criticisms or things that they think can improve the results of your time there. Do not get mad at them. Remember you are paying them to help you. That is their job. You are not like they work for you. You don't work for them. And if they're worth their weight as an engineer or a producer, you know, they know that they're working for you. Um,
0: it's a team effort. It is you're team not effort. fighting each other. Yeah, and if
1: you tell them what they want what you want, you know, like up to a certain extent, don't let them tell you to fuck off either, you know? Like if you say, "Hey, this needs to be slightly louder because it's just how I'm hearing it." If they tell you no, remind them that you're paying them. But on the flip side of that coin, if they look at you and they say, "Hey, um, I actually think that the frequencies here in this thing that you want louder are going to make your vocal sound quieter. But we're showcasing the vocal. So I would think that maybe we should explore it this way. First, we can try your way as well. That doesn't mean they're telling you to fuck off. That doesn't mean they're telling you to suck that you suck. You know, that just means that they've been doing it for 20 years or whatever. And and they they're hearing a thing that you might not be trained to hear, you know, so it's all constructive, it's all objective it's called objective creativity and that's like the the word of the day right there, is objective creativity Ah! yeah, pretty much you know, like, it is it is, so, I don't know Um, little things like that,
0: yeah, like even just that attitude, like for that to be added to the spirit of Chattanooga and Absolutely. our artists, and for like, I mean, that does come with trust. Oh yeah, like, you have got to trust someone and like be on the same wavelength as someone.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a big deal.
0: But additionally, I mean, like my attitude is, I want to, I want to be the best that I can be. I want to grow. Totally. I want the music that I make to constantly get better. I want to get better at expressing my ideas sonically and you know lyrically. So like, I invite that feedback. But it's easy to go through life and think, oh, yeah, everyone's like me. Right. Not everyone has those same attitudes, those same experiences.
1: Right. Or to think like, oh, well, since I'm cultivating that environment here, they're going to automatically vibe with the concept of that. Yeah. It's like, no, not necessarily. Like, they're, you know. And I don't know. You do it long enough. You can read people. I usually know within the first 15 minutes if somebody really wants me to fuck off, you know, and just do... It's like you're here to hit play. It's like, hey, you got it. I'll hit play. It's like consider it done.
0: No EQ on your vocals. Great.
1: Yeah, no, no, nothing. <laughs> yeah, whatever you, whatever you want or don't want, like you got it, man. And so that's part of the job too, in the live sense of things. Um, it's also it boils down to just little bitty details like uh, like wearing a je- jeans and a t-shirt and a ball cap on stage, right? Um, to me, that does not scream professionalism, like just wearing like a crew neck shirt, like a graphic tee, you know,
0: And um, country artists everywhere are outraged.
1: Yes. Yes. Outraged. But it doesn't, it doesn't scream that to me. It screams, you just got off work, you know? Um,
0: oh, man, kind throw
1: of... your collared shirt on. I don't know. Like, is that, is that, does that make me sound... I don't want to sound like an asshole, Uh, it just just makes me wonder, like, for every person I've ever, you ever hear a good singer, but you just lose interest, you're just like, God, I'm just not captivated by this at all, like, they're just up there standing still, just being mediocre as fuck.
0: Like, eyes closed.
1: Yeah, not engaging, Mm -hmm. not anything more than just singing the song for
0: me like visually shorts like anyone wearing shorts on stage yeah that kills me yeah and
1: i used to be goofy of that because i played like lots of summer gigs you know and it just it's just part of it like i finally figured it out you know like uh i think joining the licks kind of brought me full circle because i used to play barefoot a lot and stuff, which I still mm-hmm. actually really enjoy doing if the gig is right, but... Um,
0: but that, that's different than shorts to me. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah.
1: Shorts like, is Shorts, shorts is are thing.
0: almost unforgivable <laughs> to me. Like, it's such a big thing to me. It's
1: great. That's that great. is
0: such a pet peeve of mine. I love Man. it. I'm
1: going I'm to remember that the next gig you and me do, <laughs> I'm going to wear some the shortest shorts I can find, and I'm going to make sure that my legs are straight out of winter, pale as ghosts. Um, nah for real though I hear you man I hear you Um,
0: and that's just a preference thing that's not like I'm not really that prejudiced against it but man at the same time it's like I do feel like there are certain aesthetics and things like you Mm -hmm. said like it bothers me when a singer is just kind of like closing their eyes and singing without engaging with the audience Mm -hmm. and I think part of this conversation is tough because we're dreaming about what we want it to be, right. but we also need to nurture Absolutely. everyone along the way. Yeah, this
1: is this is not a, yeah, those people suck because they're doing that. Yeah, it's not like, like we're
0: in our ivory tower no, looking because, down, oh, you need to change this.
1: Yeah, because you can, you can find plenty of footage of me breaking all these rules, you know, that I'm laying down right now. I'm going to
0: search for the 10-hour YouTube of Ethan Martin. Yes, do it. And shorts compilation. Yes,
1: Ethan Martin in shorts. Um, <laughs> uh, petting cats. No. <laughs> nah, for real, though. Um, uh, I, I think, I just, I don't know. Clothing, it sounds so uh, shallow, but it's, it's kind of a big deal.
0: I mean I we talked about the, the importance of the appearance yeah. through social media and it's like
1: yeah no if you're going to if you're going to straight up be a be a uh, you know a full-blown like conforming artist about it then yeah mm. you know and you're talking about like how your social media comes off and how your photography comes off and if you're aesthetically pleasing to the people you're trying to sell your art to that's a that is absolutely a big deal it's almost these days sadly it's more of a big it's more of a deal breaker than your actual art can be um because of our ocular implants and our digital ears
0: that we've been talking about you know but social media is already so produced anyways
1: yeah it's so cook it's so predisposed for what it wants you to give it in order to generate your success and I'm quote putting quotes around success because I just don't think that those numbers really reflect your interaction with that person. You know, whether it be you seeing them live or you being in a room with them, like I've met people on all ends of the spectrum all the way from 100 followers to up and coming stars, you know, um, Or like rising stars or whatever you want to call them. And some of them are cool and some of them aren't. Some of them are charismatic. Some of them aren't. Mm. Um, Some of them are very invested in coming across as serious professionals. And some of them are not so invested in that, you know. And um, at the end of the day, that's why I'm saying to seek the human experience. Because who is this person that you're idolizing you know that looks so cool or sounds so awesome, you know, um,
0: you know I'm almost willing to stop being so biased against musicians in shorts <laughs> I'm almost willing
1: you're like you're like uh how can we how can we reform <laughs> these people?" I'm talking about laws, short
0: laws that proactively legislate future technological advancements, but then I'm also the guy that's like, if you wear shorts, you're out of this town. Well, dude, me and my,
1: <laughs> my friend Ben Durham, like, we used to play at Rock City, man, and it would just get bloody hot up there, you know? Like, I mean, eight hours later... I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> oh, this the conviction i don't care by god you will wear you will wear pants winter suit sir (laughs)
0: um
1: yeah absolutely yeah i don't know i i get where you're coming from i don't think like yeah i I absolutely don't want to be coming across as a hater because that's not what it is it's it's definitely just like hey i have this conversation with people all the time. How can I take my career to a professional level? How can I start my career? How can I get mm-hmm. noticed as a singer-songwriter? What would you recommend? And I'm always telling them, like, carry yourself professionally.
0: It's and, like, care about the details. Yeah,
1: care, exactly. Care that's, about that's the details. That's what it is. Exactly. That's the exactly. essence of what it we're It has saying. to be an experience. You know, you have good songs. Cool. That is your mm-hmm. ticket to ride. And that's it. You haven't even stepped up to the starting point line Yeah, I remember when I finished my record, like, Jason uh, was my, you know, one of my mentors was pretty much just like, congratulations, you are now you've reached the starting line. That's what he said. Mm. Congratulations, you've reached the starting line. And it really was a mind blowing statement for me because it took me like five or six years to make that record us, I should say us, it took us five mm-hmm. or six years to make that record. And we had breaks and gaps, you know, but at the same time, that's a really long time for someone to look at you and be like, hey, congrats. You you now can begin your journey as a performing artist. You're just kind of like, whoa. And that's just the music. Just the music. Now like how do I look like I sound? How do I tell people my story in a captivating way. How do I um, separate myself from everyone else who's doing this very thing, you know, Um, and and I don't think I personally have even come full circle with the answers to those things. I do know, however, that it's like you said, it is in the details, you know, the tighter the details get, the farther along I see careers go, Mm. you know, it's more... like
0: I would rather shorts be an intentional decision. Yeah. With purpose.
1: Yeah. Shorts and a bow tie. <laughs> I want to see a bow tie in there and then we can talk. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh. polka dots only, please. uh But <laughs> <laughs> tall socks. I mean yeah. Or like you could do the uh, the short shorts with the the 70s double stripe knee-high gym sock look. The basketball. You can
0: have it all. Explore your style, kids.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, But whatever (laughs) you do, make it intentional. And when someone looks at you and says, did you do that on purpose? You say, you're damn right I did, sir. And then you shake their hand. And then you walk away like you don't care. No, I'm kidding. You don't do that. (laughs) You Um, cool guy, then. Yeah, you cool guy. To the greatest extent. Yes, you put your sunglasses on, and you get on their motorcycle, and you Uh. drive away. (laughs) Um, but yeah if I was uh, not that you asked but if I was going to hand an official piece of advice out while I'm sitting here ranting about professionalism I would say focus on the details step outside of your comfort zone do the things that you consider embarrassing you know if you've never worn an outfit on stage get an outfit wear it on stage if you've never done a meet and greet do a meet and greet if you've never thrown an event throw an event even if four people show up if you've never just whatever it is that you've never done that you've always been like ah nah, no no do that
0: people tomorrow f- people feel like you have to it's like, like you said when you're comparing your candle to someone else's. Yeah. Like, I've been getting ads lately about, you know, you can't compare yourself now as an artist or producer to everyone that you see, like, in the ads. No. No. You can't, like, that's suicide emotionally. Absolutely.
1: And I, I met with, uh, I worked with some guys um, about a year ago from New York and uh, a couple of them were Juilliard students right and they were one of them I was asking him you know like what kind of calls do you get up up in New York mm-hmm. and they were dropping some names dude you know major artists that have been major artists for a long long time <coughs> yeah, bless you and um, he's he was telling me about how like the way the way it is now like even those people are they're almost on the exact same playing, we're all on the same playing field because of streaming. And, you know, Mm. like they have access to the farther into the inner workings of the industry. But the tools are all the same now. The the outlets are all the same. Spotify for Artists. Yeah, it's all, it's all leveled out. So, um.
0: Everyone's got canvases now too.
1: Yeah, balls in your court, you know. It is it is literally what you make out of it these days, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of sad, you know. Up to a certain point, it almost seems like your success just directly affects like what you directly put in, you know. Um, oh, I made this video and I wrote it as far as I could, but now I'm spent. Got to make another one, ride it as far as social media will let me, or whatever. I don't know. It seems it seems to be the way. The way of the the world. Um, But that's what you got to do to chase it. So, yeah. Good stuff, man. Anything, any other thoughts that you want to touch on?
0: Mm. Well, I just want to say, if anyone makes it this far into the podcast, first of all, I love you. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I'm really trying to do something where, you know, we're having conversations, we're talking, but it's framed around, like, we want to make the world a better place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And there are experiences and there are people on the fringes of society who are often overlooked in these sort of things. I mean, you know, we were kind of joking about the laws with technology, but like there are people that are impacted by that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily my experience in the world, but I just I want to clamor attention to those things, and the whole reason for this podcast is exploring those ideas to make life better for people, mm-hmm. to explore those unexamined, shine the light in those dark areas, and so like with Chattanooga, I really feel like there's a, a wave growing where Chattanooga is going to be the it city.
1: Oh, I I definitely think there'll be some sort of we will be some sort of hub for mm-hmm. some niche.
0: And I think we could I think we drop the ball if we don't steward that well and have that investment and in nurturing attitude. Oh, like, yeah. Like I I don't want it to be the type of thing where only the cool cats get to play. Yeah. Like I I want great art to come out of the city. I want great relationships to be had in the city. Absolutely. Around all of that. Mm-hmm. And um,
1: w- running right alongside of that, I want those things to be earned just like in any other city, you know? Like, I want it to be justly so. Yeah. Um, and I want the professionalism to reflect. And I want the city to reflect professionalism. And, uh, you know, I, I hear more and more, you know, like people, cats in cat, Chattanooga can play. And it's like, yeah, you know, we're not, we're not Nashville yet or LA or New York, but there are a lot of people here that are grinding hard to make a name for themselves and getting better all the time. And um, a lot of people that make quiet headquarters. Out of this place Mm -hmm. Um, and they're in and out without anyone knowing and I think that that's really cool I think that that's the kind of thing that will help us grow and help raise our standards you know um, studios continuing to invest in themselves Um, hopefully the live scene will have its rebirth before too long and we can all go on about our day
0: And I'm hoping for more opportunities for local artists Mm -hmm. that are serious.
1: Yeah. That are serious about it. Career-changing opportunities for people who are looking to dive in. Man, like the city
0: could have... Like the type of stuff that I'm imagining with it is when people walk out of the terminal at the Chattanooga Airport, Mm -hmm. there's a list of artists... And right. they say, like, we're proud of our creators. Check out these artists. Yeah. But even then, like, that's, like, the issue with that is creating the cool cats, the mm-hmm. in-crowd and the not-in-crowd. Right. But at some point, you've got to recognize, like, the people that have put in time, the the people that invest in it.
1: Yeah, they're truly living it. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're truly all or nothing about the growth mm-hmm. and um that's that's where the real fine line is uh, and i think that you know a lot of, a lot of artists will tell themselves that they are in that percentile until they get hit with that first real downer you know or that first real challenge where someone's like hey um i'm actually not about to ask you to sing better, or play better. I'm actually about to ask you to consider changing the way you look, or not acting like this on stage, I'm asking you to consider doing this instead. Mm. Um, I'm asking you to consider taking whatever you consider to be your thing, and completely getting rid of it. and like, Start over you to grow. yeah exactly and change and evolve and um that's a growing pain you know that's that's shedding old skin that's not easy to do and with that growing pain comes the liberation of the new you whatever that may look like for whoever you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but until you're willing to step out of your comfort zone and go searching for that. That glass ceiling is kind of there, you know. So that goes all the way from wearing certain clothes on stage or for certain types of gigs. It goes from there all the way to being willing to pay for professional recording or being able... To being willing to pay a professional photographer to take pictures of you instead of just using a selfie or some kind of like bizarre graphic art that you did in photoshop you know um it comes down to
0: I feel attacked with that last statement
1: Oh oh I well I mean <laughs> but it, it's it's like let me think of, I get I get I I get the joke <laughs> but um you have experience and you collaborate You know, and like if you're I know you well enough to know that if you're like, No, I need a thing done and this is the guy to do it, like Mm -hmm. you'll do it. You know what I'm saying? So like it doesn't count versus someone who's just being cheap about it, for example, or just like they just choose not to because they wanna do it all themselves and they want full creative control and it's like, Man, but you know, you're in this box, you know. Like, this person does visual art for their job. Like, you don't think that maybe they have a decent logo idea for you? I don't know. Um, So, just being willing to invest in yourself. Being willing to invest the time into yourself. Practicing in front of a mirror. Finding ways to hear yourself back. Practicing to a damn click track. I say again. Oh, come on. Practicing... To a click track. Oh, Lord! Little things... <laughs> woo! <laughs> no, but little things like that, uh, you know, um, they they all add together to make this huge difference in the dynamic of your career mm-hmm. and the confidence in when you find yourself in situations, you know. Um, when you go to a studio and you're ready to record your song, you've been playing it for five years, you you know, everybody you've ever played it for sounds amazing, and the engineer's like, so what's the tempo? And you're like, what are you talking about? It's like, that
0: moment. Tempo is a social construct to (laughs) confine my art, and I don't subscribe to those.
1: Yeah, it's like, the metronome is not broken. (laughs) It is a machine. (laughs) It is a machine, sir. You know? I had someone use that line on me once. your metronome's off. No, no, no. No, it's a oh. machine. <laughs> it doesn't... It doesn't get off, unfortunately. I know. I'm just as frustrated as you are. Believe I think it or I not. just
0: swept it under... rug. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, you're like, yeah. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah. yeah say, okay,
1: it. try it again. Let's just do it without. <laughs> so, faster or... Um, but, you know, little little things, man. Just little progressions. Um. Yeah. fight those frustrations and be you do your art I think, I think that that's all anyone can ever ask of themselves
0: I think it relates a lot to skateboarding where like there are certain combinations of tricks mm-hmm. like there's one like I worked really hard to get this one specific one which was fakie kick flip uh, front tail slide big flip out I've done that trick 10 times mm-hmm. and that like I'm super proud of that but I can't do it consistently. Right. And it's like, I want to get to the point where I'm doing that equivalent musically mm-hmm. consistently. Right. Like, that's my ballpark. That's my, like, home base. Mm-hmm. And that, it comes with practice. It comes with simply doing.
1: Right, just experience. Yeah. And community. Community is huge. Um, I have... I, Every one of my mentors was like, you know, over the years has, has told me, well, you just got to go be around people that are doing it, you know, whatever it is, it could be anything. It doesn't even have to be art related. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to be a good, at, you know, building houses, you need to go find someone who builds houses and you need to follow them around for a few years and do everything they say to do until you can confidently do it without them. You know, that's, that's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that uh, finding mentors and and being willing to accept that kind of growth and um, being malleable really helps with that. Uh, It's a big deal, for sure. Man, I could talk about that kind of stuff for days. It seems like a dead horse, but at the same time, um, it seems really important, uh, an important dead horse, because our... it seems like we're on a, we're walking a tightrope of professionalism and I feel like we can, we can make it across to being considered like a major city, basically, Mm -hmm. and a major hub.
0: A formidable city.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, um, people, I, I, people might very well may eventually say, you know, like, oh, you know, like, New York, LA, Nashville, Chattanooga, Chicago, those are the places to be. If you want to find the cats that can play, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's um, like,
0: okay, Memphis, birthplace of rock, Nashville, mm-hmm. country music, mm-hmm. Chattanooga, who knows what it's going to be. Right could be something really totally dem- different.
1: Yeah, and um and if it's not maybe it's just maybe it's just the answer to what Nashville used to be, you know, or or what people have been needing, which is a malleable throwback a modern throwback into what things used to be, you know. Like, Nashville is Nashville. It's stuck, though. Like, it will forever be Nashville, you know? Atlanta is Atlanta. It's like the opposite extreme. Um, where do you go to find a Nashville t- type of experience that is open-minded to doing things in a different way, but still operates off of a, or has the ability to operate in a completely analog mindset, you know? Um Chatted. Yeah, Chattanooga. (laughs) But I think that, you know, we could definitely create a cool hybrid um, for that sort of need, you know.
0: Yeah. I feel like there are some people looking back to find that, like you said. Like, I want to look forward. Mm -hmm. Like, let's explore new things, let's figure out, like, the good and carry it into the modern era and beyond
1: yeah totally so my game my goal nurture that nurture the future of music don't let the old ways die but don't be so ignorant to think that you can ignore the new ways either because it's happening you know like the digital world digital <coughs> interfacing it's happening, and there's nothing we can do about it. So it's probably best to just find your blend and buckle in for the ride, you know, because we're going, there. We're going sell, there.
0: Sell your consoles, boys. We're going digital.
1: Yeah, buddy. Well, I do like the console that we <laughs> just got. It's pretty cool. It has the half and half. You know, I can can hybridize so i
0: i really hope analog never dies me too i just feel like at some point the way that consumer recording is going it's going to be priced out yeah and the people that have all that sick equipment are going to be forced to leverage it at lower prices unfortunately until something happens
1: which is kind of cool, you know, in the sense of you know, Chattanooga is in a unique position to where we don't have like a standard citywide rate mm-hmm. for such things. So maybe there can be some sort of long-term solution. Maybe it doesn't have to be like, oh, if you want to go to Chattanooga and record, you're paying a hundred and twenty dollars an hour minimum, or you know, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, at the cheapest studio you can find. If and you. And they have a four-month waiting list, or whatever, and it's like maybe you know I'd like to think that it doesn't have to be that way, you know. Maybe go to Chattanooga, get a decent studio for a decent price. Um, not everybody there is treating it like a conglomerate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's there's a lot of room for us to create answers to these issues in a very responsible way if the people that are at the 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 tip of the spear continue to care about the art more than they do the money
0: mhm you know and i think i think along with professionalism like i i think there's something to be said for i guess I've used quote a lot to try and communicate. I'm doing finger quotes, like, Mm -hmm. quote, major artists Mm -hmm. to rent out a studio and have that as their creative space. But I think for the most part, there's an aspect of professionalism that diverges at a lower level where you go into the studio and you know exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. And that way you make the most of your time and you're not paying a lot.
1: Oh, man. Because you know
0: exactly Mm. what you're doing.
1: Yeah. That's a big deal. that's a whole different conversation. you know mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of money get wasted and you know honestly, being a studio engineer at a certain point you know if someone's about to pay you for a full day of recording and they're not even making it through the first couple minutes of their first song and it's like hour three, you know eventually I feel like it's kind of my responsibility to stop and reevaluate you know I can't righteously charge this person to just sit there and not know what they're doing, yeah and not make them aware or guide them through that, or maybe suggest that we come back at a different time. Um, it all, it all kind of, um, unravels a little bit in that situation. You have to kind of reevaluate and have awkward conversations, <laughs> yeah. you know, telling someone that they're maybe not ready to, uh, record their record isn't easy. I mean, I don't know how do you it's like telling someone, maybe you're not ready to have your baby. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But now you know, it's like some people if you don't do have a relationship with
0: someone, you're like someone comes in. Yeah. And they're brand new, and you're like, I don't know how this is going to go.
1: Yeah. And you're like, you know, I hate to be the person that you've never met that has to tell you that this isn't working, but, you know, it's not working. You know, but I've had a lot of people come in, and they've been really grateful for that because they've had other studios be so willing to give them a thumbs up, Mm -hmm. even though they just did not sound like they thought they did at all. And then they get their finished product back, paid in full. And it's been completely butchered you know, um, quantized, and, and it's all because the, the engineer gave him a thumbs up, and was more concerned, um, yeah, I, with getting paid, than he, than, you know, he or she was concerned with, the oh, integrity of the saving face, art. yeah, you know, and, it's like, they could have come back, if you would have just, done it right the first time, you know, um, so there's there's a weird fine line mm-hmm. between, and you know this, between like, what can I fix that's like righteously fixable? You know, like that I'm not ruining this person's, you know, versus like, what do we need to retake? What do we need to work on? And um, those answers are usually pretty clear in the audio. You know mm-hmm. how it is. You hear something back. You're just like, this just isn't right. It's just not right people can't handle that people not everybody but a lot of people can't handle that especially new in the game so um, navigating that is important for both parties Mm -hmm. i think Um, it's important for people in the producer chair to find diplomatic ways of saying that something needs to be worked on sometimes that could mean at the beginning of the session let them know hey i'm gonna tell you what i think it is this is a judgment, I use the word judgment-free zone, you know, I'll tell people we are in a judgment-free zone if I tell you to redo something that is because it needs to be redone, nothing more, nothing less mm-hmm. it does not mean you suck it does not mean that you're not doing good it's it,
0: not because I have a personal vendetta yeah, against it, you yeah, <laughs> it does not mean I like
1: it or don't like it, it just means that you need to redo that thing, because, it just
0: means you did a little
1: Yeah, exactly. into the
0: mic and it overlapped with all the words, and yeah <laughs>
1: absolutely you know um and so uh uh on on the you know on the flip side of that coin like I said earlier in the podcast it's your responsibility to realize like this person is working for you and if they're worth their weight in what they're doing then they have your best interests in mind so listen to what they have to offer follow them you know um Mm -hmm trust them with it because, you know, uh, a lot of, they have to put their name on it too. So that's a big thing. Um,
0: for sure. This has been great, man.